Hi Sanjay. Hi Rishabh. Uh, good evening to you and all your listeners. Hope you are able to hear me well. Yes, loud and clear, Sanjay. Excellent. And as we speak, more and more people are joining us. That's great. So, hello everyone. Good evening and welcome to the Startup and Career Show. In this podcast, we discuss everything about startup and corporate life with founders and business leaders who share their real life experiences. Today, we have with us Mr. Sanjay Srivastava, who's going to sh- talk about the importance of learning, unlearning, and relearning with all of us. It's indeed a very important topic in today's day and age. Welcome to Backstage, Sanjay. Thanks so much uh, for inviting me, Rishabh. Pleasure to be here. Same, same here, Sanjay. And to all our listeners, let me briefly introduce Sanjay to all of you. Sanjay is a strategic advisor to multiple organizations and startups. He's got over 25 years of experience in running large P&Ls, strategic expansions including joint ventures, mergers and acquisitions, sales, marketing and operations. Most recently, he led Mahindra Group's integrated cities business for seven years as a CEO and business head. Prior to that, he worked with Accenture, Tata Group and Crystal. Sanjay has won many accolades including being felicitated as the most admired global Indian in 2021 and most admired leader for business transformation and make in India in 2020. Wow, Sanjay, I think that's impressive. You know, so let's begin. Sure. Thanks so much for the generous introduction, Rishabh. Pleasure to be here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all your uh, listeners from whichever part of the world they are. Hope everyone is doing well. Absolutely, Sanjay. So, Sanjay, you've had an illustrious corporate career spread across industries. So, can you talk about your journey all these years to begin with? Uh, Sure, Rishabh. So, first and foremost, uh, compliments to you and your backstage team for curating this podcast and i've been following the uh, the your journey for some time and it is really interesting to see such a wide variety of uh, uh, topics being curated so uh, compliments on doing that talking about myself uh, uh, just delving a bit deeper uh, in the last 26 years Sometimes, as they say, that when you look at your career, sometimes you are only able to connect the dots looking backwards and not when you are in. And I believe many of your uh, listeners are people who are in early stage of career or just moving from uh, their academics to career. So hopefully it will help. So in a nutshell, what I have done in the last 26 years in one line, is very simply just two things. I've been fortunate enough to identify some of the early trends as they're emerging and to stay ahead in those curves. And while doing that across industries, I also was very fortunate to build, scale and transform multiple businesses. So after my engineering and management, I worked for five years in financial services in Crystal, which is now a Standard & Poor's uh, company. I built uh, three new financial services uh, businesses for them. Then for almost 13 years, I worked in 
the telecom and managed services i created for 12 out of those 13 years i created five different businesses for tatas in the in the process of creating the complete enterprise telecom including uh, taking over of vsnl which now has many parallels and something very similar to what's just happening with air india that time it was one of the largest uh, psu divestment leading some of the largest international mnas taking over the assets for tyco global network and teleglobe creating new businesses then work briefly with accenture and then in 2013 when the focus was moving from financial services it services to real infrastructure to create the manufacturing and gdp growth then from 2013 till 2020 i worked with the mahindra group really creating the self sustaining ecosystem which can host what we say is livelihood living and life and that's where we actually worked very closely to create make in india to attract companies both indian and global to come and uh, actually run their operations so that's my journey in a snapshot well uh, sanjay that's interesting but uh, since you spoke about make in india and you were associated with it so can you talk a little bit more about it is that merely a slogan or there is much more to it sure yeah means there are many layers to that so as they say a journey of a thousand miles with a starts with a single step so i think way back uh, when then 2014 now it's been about 7 years it's seen about two different uh, avatars when on 2014 when make in india was announced it was a strategic intention and that time many critics said that it is uh nothing more than a mayor's slogan but i think the important aspect is you have to recognize what is the intention and what is the strategy behind that and the strategy was very simple if we look at a history of any industrialized progressive economy manufacturing and smes contribute a very significant part of the gdp and if that is the model which we had to go while uh, in early 90s post liberalization the services had done a very fantastic job driven by it technology to scale up but if we really needed to move up on various other development parameters we needed to strengthen our manufacturing and that is where the vision or the strategic intent behind make in india was not just to attract companies which is just the starting point but using this as the pillar for economic growth and that meant that from earlier about 15% of the manufacturing contribution to the gdp if we really need to uh, move to about 5 trillion dollar economy in that at least 20 to 25% of that growth has to come at least a trillion dollar of that has to come to manufacturing and then uh, so once this objective is set then there are various other interim achievements which can be done so whether it is in terms of attracting companies to come and set up their operations increase the pace of manufacturing growth 
ensure there is economic uh, prosperity and the most important there is employment generation so this is how it really moved and it has seen various uh, milestone it started from 2014 uh, initially there was a government commitment to have a lot of incentive schemes in the next 3 to 4 years there was a quick learning cycle that what worked what did not work and how it is moving and as they say as you are moving up every challenge is an opportunity and then we had uh, the covid pandemic and the supply chain uh, of across the world was disrupted and as if every challenge is an opportunity with the changing geopolitics scenario the supply chain disruption that became really almost a clarion call that now is the time that you really have to move and that's where you have seen a, a significant uh, progress which has happened in the last two years and now we are moving uh, up across that uh, value chain well uh, thanks for saying this sanjay because uh, yes i mean it's, it's a, no doubt a big initiative but what you also touched upon was you know the way pandemic changed everything and that is precisely you know uh, the whole world had to unlearn at the same point in time so to speak right and and so yes. coming to the topic you know can you deconstruct for all our listeners who joined us in large numbers you know if you can deconstruct what is learning unlearning and relearning all the three aspects sure so uh the fact was that uh, i think even before covid i think there was a lot of focus on learning and relearning upskilling uh, in because the movement of the industries the trends were more linear so it was more of the same but the moment the uh, covid pandemic came you realized that the the traditional business model the traditional wisdom was thrown thrown out of the window and while this may have been a a, a one time black swan event but similar uh, learnings and learn, unlearnings were there as the larger trends change so uh, if the first step which is the most important step is of learning and very true for all the uh, young trainees engineers professionals managers who are joining the their career stream that the first few years of your uh, professional journey whether you are working as a professional you are working as a entrepreneur you are working in any kind of thing there should be a lot of focus that choose something where your learning value your ability to understand the market the industry the clients is maximized if that is a foundation you will build the whatever else you want to do will actually be a secondary whether it is your professional success your money your ever your growth so first and foremost learning is the platform the second aspect is as you learn unlearning also becomes extremely critical because 
whether we are talking of same industries or you want to transition to different industries they over a period of time some models some aspects some business paradigms stay true and the others change so you also need to have a very conscious uh, understanding that what stays true and what is really changing and that is where in earn learning the the critical aspect which comes in is that you connect the dots that not just see what is happening in the industry but also have a holistic uh, view today even leaving aside the pandemic uh, a lot of uh, industries or entrepreneurs who are benefiting are also the one who are actually unlearning the traditional model business models and looking at how you can actually even combine science with liberal arts today you have educational institutes who are uh, which are actually offering computer science with maybe liberal arts or economics as uh, as a elective and the reason for that is the world is changing so fast that the problems of tomorrow cannot be solved with today's uh, framework so that's where you need a whole brained uh, approach and once you do this unlearning leave what is not relevant carry the core of what is relevant then comes to the stage of act, uh, how can you really look at relearning because when you are thrown into a new situation you are thrown in, you want to move to a new industry that is where a combination of all learning and relearning will apply so just to give you an example when i worked in financial services i was using some good aspects besides of client understanding of how financial services and technology can be merged but when i moved to telecom and managed services i carried the typical paradigm of what works in having a deep client an industry understanding but i have to undo what worked for financial services and how a new uh, greenfield industry which telecom was just growing it will grow and the same thing i had to do again when i moved from services business to hardcore real estate infrastructure uh, solutioning again i had to carry some course of how do you understand the strategy how do you understand the go to market but the cost the business economics the pace at which uh, activities happen in real estate infrastructure hardcore manufacturing is of a very different thing so you all also needed to do a relearning otherwise you will not be able to op operate in that environment absolutely sanjay i think you've you've illustrated it very well with examples No, but uh, so specifically talking about today's day and age, right? Uh, if you can throw some aspects about the importance of these three things, right? Uh, and and what are the broad benefits that you see that everybody needs to incorporate all the three? It's not about choosing either of them. Sure. So uh, so I think in today's environment, post COVID, post the changes which we are seeing in the with the. increase digitalization pose the change which we are seeing with ai technology uh, everything going digital earlier digital was a function 
now if you see all business is digital yeah yeah so even no matter what business you are doing the underlying infrastructure is usually digital so therefore understanding how does digital really will make a difference is something which you need to know across no matter what industry you work in you are working in a traditional bfsi industry you are working in a uh, manufacturing you are working in actually a supply chain but ultimately all of these maybe is the underlying thing is uh, digital as a platform so so building these capabilities which are all pervasive and which are which are becoming the building blocks of future is something where it's you not just need to have the appreciation but you need to carry uh, these uh, capabilities similarly a very common uh, phase of learning which existed even before and is true today that one must have build capability or mental models how to understand the industry dynamics and what does the client or prospect really want so whether it is a traditional business which is trying to repivot themselves in the new normal as we say or a startup which is trying to actually disrupt all the rules of the game the successful ones are the one which have a very intimate understanding and a proactive understanding of how the industry will change and how the clients or the prospects will change and if they are able to capture that need then that forms the nucleus so therefore understand learning the the client requirement ability to proactively anticipate how they will work that is again required and uh, a third aspect i will put for uh, new folks is your ability to have a very good understanding of what's one own strengths and areas of improvement so uh therein luckily now that there are so many wide vistas of uh, career is available it is important that at the initial stage choose something which really drives your passion which you are passionate about because if you will be passionate you will actually succeed so never uh, go around the path of peer pressure or money or the job or designation at the start and if you are able to take all of these as a your core learning then it comes to unlearning so if you see every single industry is getting disrupted so unlearning is very simple no matter what you have learnt in a management course or you have learnt in your technology course or any professional course is going to change so if you even pick up a very simple industry like a bfsi or a automotive sales possibly earlier the pre sales was like was you needed to just make a call and over a weekend you will have five uh, different alternative vehicles 
available at your disposal. You wanted to take a credit card or a financial services, someone, an executive will be there at your home and office uh, giving you services. Now in the postcon, you may be operating from anywhere. Uh, you would not want so much of physical interaction till first you have really shortlisted your service. So the complete pre-sales which, uh, which was happening at, uh, in physical, 70% of that has now actually moved into online. So, if you are going to operate in any of the, and these are all traditional industries, so the whole process is going to change and therefore what you knew as a classic model, it is going to change. If uh, whether it's an Amazon or a Flipkart or any of the e-commerce, they are going to come and uh, disrupt the traditional supply chain models. Now people are uh, in delivery, people are competing on minutes to aspire. Yeah, so therefore how quickly you will be able to not just anticipate, but you anticipate, you learn how to fulfill and you have all of this uh, data. How will you translate that into intelligent actions and you will move? And this is just, all of this is, I have just given some examples which have just happened in the last 12 to 18 months. So imagine people who are, uh, community who are just joining their career, it, if you will not have the third aspect which is your relearning, uh, how will you even uh, know where you will be in possibly 5 to 10 years when it is very difficult to even forecast what's going to happen in the next two years. Well, uh, very well articulated, Sanjay. In fact, uh, what you're saying is uh, spot on. But, you know, uh, amongst the three, what personally I feel is, I think uh, unlearning is the tough one. You know, uh, yes. and the reason is uh, how difficult it is to unlearn in the first place because people will have preconceived notions based on certain number of years of experience. Uh, the experience they have in their lives, in their, in their different uh, areas of study or wherever it is. So, how difficult it is to unlearn in the first place and how should one go about this process of unlearning? Uh, very well said, Rushab. So, I think uh, the unlearning and that's why it is in the middle. The middle path is all the uh, stage is always the most difficult one. So, uh, this the the difficulty or challenges come because of two aspects. One is what you talked of uh, that the industry itself or the uh, the overall scenario. Uh, an individual may have what is known in in a behavioral aspect as a conscious bias that you know what has worked in the past and you are relying on that. You have certain industry frameworks. You have the classic four P marketing models, uh, you have the classic uh, portals model for management and you're trying to apply, you have uh, traditional thinking, that's there. The other is, uh, and you alluded to that, what I would put in the bucket of unconscious bias, that based on what you have been learning, you inherently start making some mental frameworks of uh, what you think or what an organization thinks really works. 
and i think the that is where there there is a need for at all times to be conscious of how quickly and how consciously you can work on a continuous unlearning model and for some of the things uh, you have to look at it as uh, are you keeping a track of what are the big trends which are changing while also you are focused on the operational skills so while operational excellence to ensure the day to day job is happening you need to have a very keen eye on what are the big trends which are changing because those big trends when they are changing that is when you have to very quickly unlearn the second one of the best ways i have seen uh, is have constant conversations with clients in and prospects including the one which you have lost or your most dissatisfied clients because they will always give you a sense of what is not working for you the the customer satisfaction and the customer delight is very important so that is an obvious but if you learn where did you lose who else what is the competition scenario which is working well what are the what are the new needs which you have which you have never heard if you work on that then they again give you uh, an uh, good uh, thing and the third uh, aspect is one should always have interests which is way beyond one's professional or industrial interest so it's good that obviously you should have a industry network uh, uh, group uh, network but people from your uh, same alumni similar background but also expand your a uh, complete domain of knowledge try to actually consciously uh, think if you are from a traditional economics liberal arts try to see some of the trends which are happening in science if you are from technology management try to see some things which are happening in the fine arts and that really as they say a uh, rubber band once expanded beyond a limit never comes back to its original size so once you have expanded your horizon you will never come back uh, hopefully to your uh, traditional uh, fixed mindset well i think very true sanjay what you spoke all about but uh, specifically if i were to ask you how to identify areas which you need to unlearn you know since we process so many things right so can you give an example in that sense specifically on the unlearning part which are the areas that you as a person need to unlearn for example sure yeah so so let me give you a specific example once for example uh moment let me give you two examples so moment suppose let's take financial services or the the current uh, hot topic payment mechanisms right moment uh, you had a traditionally the digital medium was you had master visa everything 
the moment there was a gateway developed, which is the UPI and the Rupay, yeah, so many fintech services came up, and the the banks, which was traditionally actually making a service fee based uh, business, they were going to change because suddenly there was someone who was, for whatever reason, in the short term, they were not going to charge the fee. So therefore, if your whole mod, if you are know what is the infrastructure which is coming up so not when challenges are already in the market but before you when you see the infrastructure changing if you are able to have a second order thinking you will be able to adapt and ensure uh, clients are there a second example will be when you change industry you have to be very clear on uh, what works. So let me give you an example from when I moved from telecom to uh, uh, infrastructure. In telecom, once you have created the networks and clients are all, are always running the network, moment they will uh, uh, need to expand. Their uh, whole focus will be how quickly I can choose a solution and how quickly can you enable it, which is there, right? So the whole uh, aspect is on efficiency and how quickly you can convert an order into a service because they are already running. Can you have actually on-demand service, which is now say what Amazon or any cloud service offer. When you go to a infrastructure, when you go to manufacturing, you need to have that conversation because if a client is going to decide on making an industry, possibly they are taking a call on their business for the next 10 to 20 years because that is the amount of uh, infrastructure uh, horizon they should have to really make. A, so you need to have a conversation today for something which the client will uh, need definitely for the next 20 years and then you need to have a conversation on the business case, the market, how this will fit in in a bigger thing and the possibly the earliest time even in a fast track small factory uh, can take anywhere from 12 to 24 months from the time you uh, put the first stone. So, so the business dynamics remain the same but what is required, how, how the client's proactive need, yes. The future trends, yes. Uh, what is the demand, yes. But the dynamics are very, very different. True, true, true. Absolutely. In fact, Sanjay, uh, you know, uh, so, so moving on on that, uh, you know, we say learning is a continuous process, right? But what is the difference when we talk about learning and relearning? Yeah. So, uh, there are two aspects. I think in learning, uh, what you are, is where you already don't know anything and you are slowly, almost you are increasing your uh, conscious fear of knowledge. So, you have a certain core, you have maybe given away what, it, what does not work 
and then you are adding layers to your knowledge and you're uh, moving up the curve the relearning is how i would say is you have the your core of learning but suddenly because of a lot of dynamics which has changed you may have to ah uh, you have to go back and really upskill yourself even in the same domain so so going back to the a couple of examples relating it back like i talked about a bfsi or automotive sales and marketing you may know all the dynamics of uh, the sales and marketing pre sales sales which happen but now the element of how the how will you will redefine your processes that the pre sales will happen 20% uh, online and 30% or the last mile is offline you have to change so you you may still just because the business is getting disrupted you, if you are a very good sales and marketing person you may not we need to change that but how you are going to change it so say giving an example in a manufacturing you are you had the classic uh, supplier distributor uh, the classic two tier or three tier models for any of the goods but now with say the new dynamics coming in you have a one nation one uniform gst you have a you have e commerce players the whole dynamic is changing that while you have a big large big warehouses but how you will have huge warehouses that you have economies of scale but at the same time you have edge warehouses where the goods the fastest moving goods can actually reach the client in minutes uh, yeah so you if you are a supply chain professional the basics of supply chain are not changing but the how the supply chain will have to adapt to the new normal you have to do so that's how i i would uh, put the uh, with a couple of examples hope that illustrates the point absolutely sanjay in fact uh, it did it did actually you went into uh, much details in fact there are a few questions in the chat box and i'll i'll take uh, all of them right so one sure. of our listener listener named ashi says that sir your journey in tech mahindra is really interesting could you please explain how was it like working there is there a specific project that you particularly worked upon which was very unusual or different or has been extremely eventful in terms of your learning uh okay so i just to clarify i worked in uh, tata communications which was the technology part and mahindra group in mahindra world city which is the infrastructure uh, part so i don't know which part uh, was he referring to but to give you a quick example in uh, from technology in uh, the tata part when we were working uh, a lot of uh, the when uh the telecom was just expanding and while we had just taken over vsnl we had done the rebranding to tata communications one of the key aspects was that how do you really create can you take india as a powerhouse instead of just connecting india to the world can you connect the world across to each other and we identified some global 
potential complementary networks and so one of the largest was Tyco Global Network which had a lot of submarine cables and we took them over and we merged it and now just from providing a connectivity from India to the world we actually started providing from anywhere to anywhere and today if you see 30% of the world's uh, global internet traffic including the Formula 1 real live streaming all of that is running on Tata Communications so just to give you the example similarly talking about uh, say in Mahindra group in uh, within Mahindra group uh, when we used to talk about uh, creating new cities which have this aspects of livelihood living and life people were very foxed that why would you want to do it why don't you just have a traditional residence and the the fundamental difference was that we realized that if you create a self-sustaining ecosystem which ensured that good quality manufacturing and IT services industries come in, they create jobs, then people will come in and then the complete neighborhood will develop and then people can not just have better quality of uh, jobs but can also have a better quality of life. So when you are creating or scaling new cities, there is no blueprint. So every day you have to think, how will you make a city more enriching, more better? How will you really develop? And there was really no blueprint. So every day it was uh, learning. Uh, you, you see what are the examples, how successful cities are made, but you really adapt for the Indian uh, circumstances and today if you see India is one of the leaders in sustainable urbanization. True, absolutely Sanjay. Uh, there's another question from Rahul and he says, Sir, what made you change your career path from Mahindra to now speaking? Looking at your professional experience, you work for Tata, Mahindra, Accenture, which are massive brands. So how is your experience uh, being an advisor to a startup? Uh, that's a great question, Rahul. I, uh, so, uh, it was also part of how I needed to unlearn and relearn. So, I'd worked in all these uh, big brands and I thought it there's so much which is changing. So, how can I really go and see what are the, the learnings I have and unlearn the traditional model and go on. And that's where I... Uh, uh, moved out from the traditional role and I am an advisor for Speakin uh, as well as I also work with various other startups. So it is very interesting to see how quickly the new world is developing but at the same time also see which are the aspects of the traditional corporate uh, world which work and which are the new uh, aspects which can be there. So, uh, it is actually a win-win because I, on an average, I meet uh, maybe about 50 to 60 new startups, new ideas every month. So, it is a great learning for me across uh, domain and at the same time, uh, I can in turn help cut the uh, 
learning curve for a lot of startups in uh, aspects like strategy in go to market uh, so some things which they never need to reinvent the wheel so that's how it's been a great mutual learning uh, journey absolutely sanjay uh, ayush has another question and he's asking so speaking of unlearning what are the key differences in the conventional management mechanism in traditional industries versus now in terms of running a business uh there uh, that, that's a great question uh, so there are i think two three key uh, changes which are uh, getting driven and that, those changes in turn are being applicable not just in a traditional industries versus new industries but even the traditional industries are also being able to change so one of the most important aspect is uh, everyone needs to manage the pace of change the pace of change is frenetic so yeah, how will do you really manage the pace of change because you don't know who who is really your collaborator and who is really your competition so the the complete strategy in uh, road map which you had the classic five forces model that is going to change someone who's maybe and that's one of the most important uh, popular term which has come up is cooperation that even you may be actually having folks who whom you are collaborating for something say like fintech and versus banks many of the fulfillment at the end is done by the banks uh, but at the same time fintech is going and taking a market share of the banks in uh some of the neo banking uh services before they have a full fledged license so uh, so the pace of change is getting very frenetic secondly the agility and ability to innovate the time to market is changing drastically so the time so that is one thing which has been brought in by startups and entrepreneurs that how quickly can you launch a product or a service and how quickly you can take it that is changing and the third most important aspect is uh, that failure is no longer a bad word especially in the indian environment so a lot of startups lot of young uh, folks are uh, are trying sometimes they're working sometimes they're not working sometimes they don't scale up at that and then people quickly move on to the next thing and there is an acceptability uh, during the covid a lot of people decided to have a hard reset on really looking what is their quality of life and people have moved people are working remotely they may uh, have taken a, a financial back seat they may have gone away from the rat race but all uh, people may have taken a sabbatical and would come back but i think uh, all of that would not have been uh, acceptable or uh, seen so positively in the traditional model so all so these are some of the top things which are uh, changed and is good that that change is now applicable across the industry landscape no oh, absolutely change is the only constant in the world and it actually reflects in today's circumstances so uh, sanjay uh, there is one more last question uh, from a listener named kritika 
and she's asking sir what is that one industry domain that you haven't had the chance to dive into but you have been following the trends or would want to work sometime in the future that's a great question kritika uh, so while i worked uh, in some of these industries financial services telecom managed services and infrastructure but the fortunate part which i see is uh, all these industries had thousands of clients from different domains so one of the important uh, learning for me has been uh, that while we have been offering manufacturing or services uh, or solutions in a particular uh, domain but uh, in the process i have had uh, extensive uh, learnings from our clients whether it is from bfsi automotive engineering uh smes logistics warehouse so as they say never say never again so i am always looking at which are the next big uh, industries uh, which are coming up some of the most exciting new things i see is things which are happening in uh, biosciences uh, biotech uh, even in india some big changes which are coming with semiconductor manufacturing creating a ecosystem so we'll see and explore as some of these go up and ensure how to combine my relearning with make in india well that's awesome sanjay i think uh, we've covered all the questions uh, and it was such an interesting topic i think uh, you know it was, it was wonderful uh, speaking to you thank you for your time sanjay we've covered the whole uh, you know spectrum of this segment of learning unlearning and relearning so thank you once again for your time lovely having you here with us thanks so much rishab and your backstage team thanks a lot for uh, to all the our listeners who joined in on a weekday evening hope you enjoyed the session as much as uh, i enjoyed speaking and god bless you all of you and all the best in whatever you wish to endeavor thank you thank you sanjay thank you to all our listeners again we'll be back next week next week with some exciting topic signing off for now thank you good night thanks bye bye